<laughs> wow. <laughs> How many fucking like explodes was that? Oh, that with the D4, D4 so <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> oh man. Kobe. I love it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fun evening of Savage Rifts, where I, I keep repeating this to everyone. They're probably sick of me, but I get to shoot a vampire in the face with a boom gun. <laughs> you have brought that up a couple of times. I'm glad that that's going to be a high point for you. I have to make sure that the narrative delivers there. I like I'm just geeked that the idea is there. Like, that's not something oh, that, yeah. that in any of my role playing before. It's like, hmm, very big gun and vampire <laughs> it is a combination you don't always get to see yep. yeah yeah all right well on that note welcome back everyone it's good to be back i think previously we had a vacation this time we had a small child so uh you know i if you hear a couple squeaks in the background please don't mind me and we're back for riffs back for more savage riffs with the role-playing rats gentlemen I think we've got all our usual cast of characters. We have Ice McCock and Tar on Revolver Rock to Rock. And I believe we left off last session with a little bit of a curveball, actually, which you should expect from any seasoned player. But Revolver Rock to Rock here, our uh, long-standing Leyline Walker, Graham, decided to cast a healing ritual and give the associate back his eyeball and uh, whatever else he could finagle within that that scope of brain damage. But um, parting from that, we also had a few reveals last session, which you can go and catch the details at roleplayingrats.com if you would so desire. But I seem to recall a couple calls to action, one of which was that your gear really just isn't going to be doing much good against vampires. And he recommended you to one of the old justice rangers that he works with on east bridge and that you should tell him the same thing that the mayor told you that the that the mayor gave you the card for heckin's office and he stopped by here and ended up speaking to the associate of heckin and associates and hopefully that'd get you somewhere but he's an old school sort might not get you everywhere absolutely if i, I remember right. somewhere Oops, sorry that's all good there that's, that's all <laughs> So yeah, I remember we so we with... just left the building and we're thinking about what to do from there, kind of heading down, unless it was a weird time of day, if I remember right. I think I think what it is, is that we had gone to the stockyards in the morning, we went from mm -hmm. there to Hecken and Associates, and then we performed a ritual. Graham, can you remind me how long it is to cast that ritual healing? Uh, I can. Let me just uh, remind myself. Sure. There's going to be a lot of reminding. For, for those out in interweb land, it's been about a month since we last touched these characters and, and indeed the Savage World setting. So you'll have to excuse any minor speed bumps or pitfalls here. Um, looking at the, the change uh, for uh, healing crippling injuries, um, which counts as like any permanent crippling injury, uh, it requires an hour of preparation, uh, but the casting is uh, 
the spell's normal casting time is instant, so it's just it's, it was just an hour basically to attempt it. All right. Well, instead of rudely retconning something there, you guys are coming out of that building in the early evening, leaving the associate to his healing sleep in his uh, room, which you, I do believe, tidied up for him uh, and came across a few things. But um, yeah, it's the early evening in the town. You are on the edge of the far edge of town from where you're staying. And Eastbridge is on the way back, though. You know, coming on to nightfall, the sidewalk tender rolls up here in Shield Star. So what is our next move, gentlemen and scoundrels? Uh, well, if I recall, there were, you know, you, you mentioned one of the things, uh, which was the uh, the note from the investigator about um, the associate of his. Uh, but in our course of conversation with him i think we actually also talked about the like wannabe gangs uh and maybe checking in uh with like the whoever sent whoever told those you know uh ruffians to kill people uh down that alleyway that was another another lead that we were interested in i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I, i guess that i would actually be i would it'd be posited to the group from Graham of like, okay, early evening, probably not the right time to go see uh, a Smith. You know, he might either be shutting down for the evening by the time we get there or, you know, closed up shop already, depending on what his hours are or availability. That might not be a great thing. Um, But there, there was the idea of seeing what this, you know, kill newcomers and bring proof thing was because that seemed to also be associated i think with the the powers that lie behind the throne here in pride shield i i agree with that i think going to the gentleman that sounds like he can be moderately grumpy uh and at night probably isn't the best idea so let's go to the people we kind of want to be grumpy uh the only question i've got is should we should we bring uh some armor along for going and visiting I think that would be a good idea. I think uh, bringing it with to location, probably a, a decent one. Um, if we want to play this uh, subtly, uh, I think maybe not bringing it into inside whatever the establishment is might be <laughs> a good play. But I'm just saying, once you walk into a, a bar in a suit of power armor, uh, it's very <laughs> clear that you're not a common ruffian who's hoping to join some sort of vampire coven uh but i don't know i I think all i'm saying is that the diplomatic options get limited uh by such courses of action (laughs) okay let's bring them along and then we'll see if the diplomatic way works and then if it doesn't uh we can always hop in our armor yeah we'll keep it outside and if things go sideways we'll uh write it back (laughs) it's just that petty hasn't gotten ridden in a while so uh getting restless (laughs) <laughs> uh, that restlessness there uh uh tyler i think it'll be the death here probably sounds kind of like your trigger finger too probably problems trouble nothing but trouble the lot yeah so uh all right that's our chosen course of action so we're gonna head on back to maggie's to pick up the power armor i assume pick up the horses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay all right, and um, I believe there was some mention of on that scrap of parchment 
you know, bring proof. I don't recall if that, uh, well, now we know that's right. We had our discovery session. It's not parchment. It is human skin, very thin piece of leather. So, uh, bring proof to, I believe it was the club or something along those lines. Um, you may need to make me a couple rolls. I'm going to open up some character sheets here. And I think there may be some smarts rolls. You know, now that you're back at Maggie's, there may be some fact finding that we can do. But I'm not sure if the characters know where to go to talk to these uh, street vampires, if you will. Or this street organization that the associate believes is linked to the vampire issue. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, we're stopping at Maggie's anyway. Do you guys think we could we could ask some questions there about where this is? I don't see why not. Why not? Yeah, we could see if they know anything. Awesome. Then uh, let's uh, tally ho over there. Maybe maybe grab a quick bite to eat before we go expend some energy. You want to go fight on a full stomach? We need to talk about that. Go <laughs> ahead and make me. Um, we can do common knowledge. No, not no. You guys are new in town, so we can do smarts. I think let's just do some smarts rolls and see where the conversation starts off. Oof! That also gets us some dice rolling. I'm thinking about using a Oof, Benny Tyler. on that. Yeah, Tyler is not the smartest smart. Oh, and you guys will notice that I reset all Bennies to three. Yep. With Savage Worlds, every session is supposed to start at three Bennies. Yep, yep. I I don't think I need to spend a Benny after seeing seeing one of those rolls. Holy hell! Yeah, I think we might be safe. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Graham, you you know, take a look at the paper. You think about some of the things the associates said, and you're fairly certain that an establishment like this is probably in the older end of town, in the poorer end of town, because he, he the associate specifically said this is not the established arm of the vampires. This is the you know a younger, more feral arm that's more interested in just feeding on the populace that has made its way here. So. You don't know where this will be, but you have a good idea of where to look for it based on, uh, you know, and you think if you ask someone like Maggie, they might be able to point you right towards something. But you're not sure. And further thought with three raises, eight, 12, two raises, um, you're not sure how many people know that vampires are an issue. And, you know, you're not sure how quite how you want to phrase this question. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's uh, a known thing is, uh, you know, up in the air. but Or an accepted thing, if you recall the street corner crier and the issues that he was having with his uh, rabble-rousing. Yeah, I think this is a... I think even, you know, myself and uh, Graham in the sense of, uh, you know, two raises on the thing, on Smart's role, um, I, I think maybe puts together, it's like, this is accepted by some and ex- not accepted by others. Uh, if there was a group of brigands who, or, you know, roustabouts uh, who were looking to become vampires or join, then obviously they're cool with that. And the mayor at some point is, you know, on a spectrum of his coolness with this. Obviously he's not happy, but has agreed to some sort of arrangement uh, versus, you know, I, I don't think the people that the soapboxer, was speaking to are all aware either i think this is uh not not necessarily common knowledge but some people are in on it and some people are are not um not even aware of it i suppose what i mean to say so i think he would probably not volunteer anything about the vampires in any uh social engagement um and would stick to just like hey do you know about like these 
you know, bands of ruffians or thieves? Would, you know, uh, do you know anything about this section of town? Um, and maybe like things that sort of dance around the issue of like, how safe is it to uh, walk a uh, pride shield at night? Do you mm-hmm. let the last mm-hmm. of us know your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Graham is, is nothing if not uh, forthcoming to his, his uh, friends and associates. <laughs> Uh, Tyler's like, thank you for, for saying that. Cause, uh, I would have blabbed all about vampires, but that's a, that's a good idea you got there. Oh, I was just sort of working that out, out loud. I uh, didn't realize anyone was listening, but absolutely. Nope. Definitely listening. Definitely mm-hmm. listening. All right. Uh, we, we keep it, keep it hush hush. Uh, and we went back to, uh, Maggie's, right? Yep. Yep. Got to pick up the horses. Right. And, uh, are we, are we having this conversation Outside there, inside there. What do you? How do you feel? I think I we think would... you guys might have been rationalizing that out outside, but that's just my two cents from hearing how you spoke about it. Yep, that's what I would assume. And when you when you say keep it hush hush, uh, Tyler gives you that that side head with that exaggerated wink, like I got you, man. Uh, I think that I I think if <laughs> nothing else, there it has the like opposite effect of like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> you and like he just tr- struggles to find the words of like how do I break through to this this creature who is a very different <laughs> creature than me, uh, and just sort of like l- I think the last bit of their like travel to Maggie's or like entrance to Maggie's is just him silent again, thinking about how Tyler's brain works. <laughs> Like not in a particularly mean way, just like in a in a, like a sociological way of like, what, why are you the way you are? <laughs> Tyler wonders that too, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's, I think I think he comes to that conclusion as well. I was like Tyler probably doesn't even know. Yep, yep, definitely not. He's Flash he's just shaking his head. <laughs> it's like Graham understands a hundred percent like why he is the way he is. You know, it's it's it kind of he's the kind of person who stays up at night to think about those things uh and then it's like three in the morning and they're like oh now i need to sleep not because i'm tired but because like rationally that's what the body requires (laughs) yep yep so tyler takes on this you know being hush hush he's he's a frontline type of guy and he's always looking for you know new things to learn and look for so he's taken on this little bit of air of like if you've watched the the movies where you've got the the one person that's like the spy and he's like all right we need to be covert and then you've got the bumbling uh sidekick that's like creeping and doing everything uh very obnoxiously not quite that far but tyler is definitely having a hard time holding it in great no you're you're a fool of a took is what you are (laughs) (laughs) i'm good with second breakfast Oh my goodness! Absolutely. That's uh, guaranteed. Uh, now, Tyler, did you have some questions for uh, members of this establishment here at Maggie's? Uh, like that. I think we just need to figure out where the bar is that we're going to, uh, and I think getting a little bit to eat because it's you know nighttime. We haven't had anything eaten. You just expended a whole lot of energy. I think that would be a good idea. And Actually, then, as as it turns out, I, I didn't expend a whole lot of energy. Um, out of character, uh, if we recall, mm-hmm. um, yep. the investigator was such a uh, weird conflux of 
uh, energy that I was able to just tap uh, basically the, the radiation from him. So mm-hmm. uh, Graham is like fully topped up, basically. Yeah, but Tyler also saw that the associate like is passed out. So he Tyler just thinks at this point in time, like you're a like three or four times badass more than you you are. <laughs> nice. That's way cool. In that case, um, Graham would just sort of, you know, regard Tyler and be like, you know, uh, you know, never say no to uh, a meal. You never know when you're going to get the next one. But, um, you know, if we had to go now, that would be fine. You know, we can make it work. All right. So in, uh, we step into Maggie's and it sounds like we're going to grab a quick bite to eat. Um, so, Graham, did you want to ask Maggie any questions? We can, you know, I can always jump, but we've we've done some real good RP here. So do you have, uh, how have you decided to phrase your, your club finding question? Or is Tyler going to pony up to the bar before he orders some food? You know, what's what's our play here? How do we go about this finding this information? Uh, I do think Graham would be pretty straightforward with Maggie um, operating off of the the sort of logic that she already it was Maggie, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, passed along the missive to meet the mayor and his, his crew. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's, I think Graham is operating off the assumption that she may not know the entirety of things, but that she probably knows that some things in town aren't uh, all on the up and up or aren't all what they seem. So I think that would be, I think he would approach Maggie and, and sort of, um, sort of try to engage with her about this this note um i think he'd be pretty straightforward about it of like like flag her down at some point probably try to catch her alone so maybe not call her over to the table so much as like follow her towards the back like if she's going you know behind the bar or something like that you know some semi-secluded area uh and ask uh if he could you know if he can ask her a few questions basically yeah, absolutely. She's, you know, you you work your way through the social mores and she takes a second. She, you know, I'll be right with you, my dears. Uh, one of my guests needs some special love and attention and pulls over to the side tier table after, you know, making she's no fool, making her way through a couple other tables. So people stop paying attention to who she's talking to and just that, oh, she's in the crowd now, not behind the bar. And then she stops by your table. Yeah, I. uh Maggie, um, you've been uh, a wonderful help and friend to us uh, in the uh, fountain of uh, warmth and information uh, in our short time here. Mm-hmm. Deeply appreciate you for that. Uh, I'm wondering if we might bend your ear again for some new questions uh, about uh, this lovely town of yours, uh, Pride Shield. Well, that's uh, a fantastic turn of phrase there, my learned magic user. But I'm just here to help. I'm all about promoting the good in this world and doing the best I can to welcome those who might be good, at least at first look to our little town to see what good they can do. And on that third good, she tips you a wink. The whole time, too, they're they're talking, I'm furtively like, kind of head cocked down a little bit just like looking around seeing if anybody's listening like not being as covert as he thinks he is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. um right absolutely maggie we're here for good uh now 
we're actually interested uh, in the bad. Uh, and Graham like whispers, <laughs> you know, there's uh, there might be some less than good elements to uh, this, uh, the wheel here. Um, do you know anything about a group that might send people out uh, to be initiated uh, in the night, so to speak? Uh, and he'll like produce the note uh, on human skin. She looks at it and she shrinks away from it like she doesn't take a step back but you see her recoil and it's like an involuntary thing she glances at it and comes back up to meet your eyes but her body like you know pulls in it's like uh oh, i'm trying to think of the creature like a snail pulling into its shell just this complete retraction of her sort of energy and aura but she doesn't physically step back she glances down at it and looks back but it's like this complete third party unwilling reaction and she says, oh, yes. Well, yes, I do. You're going to have to be careful because they're they're crazy. Like it's it's gnarly. There's there's actually some really fucked up things going on out there. It's essentially a nest of infants who have strayed too far from their parents and they are taking any and all who would wish to be initiated in the night as you speak. Uh, do you have a map of the town? I can I can point you to where they make their lair. Uh, we do have a map of the town, and that would be uh, most beneficial and appreciated. Um, now, one sounds you know sounds like a little little bit of a of a lost boy situation, and I'm I'm down for that. Uh, we can we can cope, um, but also that implies a certain level of disinterest perhaps from parental units uh am i reading that correctly the parents have their day jobs or pardon me have their night jobs and they have got theirs they have pride's game which i believe you may have learned about by now but uh not so much a disinterest as eh, ineffectual flailings that serve to create more chaos than they do to actually chase an end a particular end and if it doesn't bother the parents why should the parents care they have enough on their hands fair interesting uh and then he he repockets the uh the, the skin uh and uh produces the the map of the the town that they got Sure. So I'm going to pull up in the, the link in the chat. I dropped it in chat a little bit ago and I'll go ahead and draw. Um, you know, she just reaches down with a finger and points to an older part of town on the top of the map. And she draws a little circle and a little a little X on it. And she says that here in the old quarter near one of the underground ley lines, which I'm sure you felt, my friend. This is where their club is, their their hidey hole. She says it so condescendingly, and you're reminded of the strange auras that you saw around her, um, Graham, when you used your, I forget which ability you had, but you were looking at her through one of your, um, 
yeah, magic the, finders. The, the default, uh, yeah, like uh, detect magic functionally. Or, yeah, uh, Arcana. There we go. There we go. And uh, and she says they'll they'll be somewhere in the old part of town where they feel safe, where they feel like they have complete control. But you do you, you do know that vampires are not to be messed with, right? I think that, uh, and he looks sort of like casts his gaze pointedly at Tyler. Is like I think some of us know that, uh, and others. Well, there's a level of confidence I think about you know there's 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 a cause there's a cause worth fighting for if you understand me, Maggie. I wink at Maggie oh, too. Oh, I understand. I understand. I understand, my lovelies. I just want to make sure that three warm beds don't go cold at no need when uh, equipment is available. But I will leave you now. I have to get back to the rest of my patrons. As as you can see, this place is just so busy. But let me know how it goes, darlings. No doubt we will be uh, reporting to you in some fashion. And there we have it. So you have an area on the map to look for. You have some hot food in your bellies. And I think we have a course of action. Absolutely. Like. Okay, fantastic. So um, I don't think, yeah. So let, let's let's clear up what, no. Okay, we're going to go for narrative first. So you move across to the eastern side of town, back to the old quarter, but now this time to the east and south corner of the wheel rather than to the east and north corner where you met with uh, the associate. So the town definitely shows its age here. It's really looking a lot more like a mining town, and it strikes you as odd that the investment was made to build up the town, build up around old town, much like uh, many modern cities now, from Honolulu to London, where the city limits sprawl outwards, this is probably some of the original claims and mining buildings that were put down when this valley was first settled, or when when this valley was first taken back from Rift's Earth, we should say now, because Rift's Earth is a savage world, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But you see old, run-down, wooden-paneled buildings, stone buildings, and even some wattle and daub and mud buildings as you move to this corner. And you turn onto a long street that's running east to west, and you see there's almost no light on this street. Now, Graham, do you have any kind of night vision, night sense, or uh, are we just talking to our two power suit boys? Uh, I don't believe he has any uh, extra abilities for the night. Okay. Well, you see a very, very dark street, and you've also noticed that there's almost nobody out at night. And you've heard some screams cut short. You've heard some, you know, slammed doors, some shutters clacking as you go by. But this town is very quiet. You also note that you crossed one of your rivers going to the uh, eastern side of town here, east and south. So for our power armored boys, you see the color and your visors change down at the end of the street as light spills out and you see shapes moving but you don't see any real notable heat signatures down at the end of this street as you see a couple people laying in the dirt a couple others having a fist fight in front and uh, a few hangers on leaning over railing and shouting at them 
music is playing out of this structure and i'm very curious as to what method of approach our group is going to take to this rowdy rowdy bar in a very very quiet street in the dead end of town um i think we've set the scene pretty well here so you mentioned uh heat signatures that we're not seeing heat signatures we're we're seeing people like on the visible spectrum there but not seeing heat signatures or did i misunderstand that nope you did not misunderstand that from from your armor what you're seeing because you can't quite make out you know full color 4k here you're down at the end of the street you're probably still about uh, 150 yards away you're just seeing shapes playing but you aren't catching any sort of heat signature that you would see from you know people wrestling or fist fighting you would expect these to be pretty heated up shapes i'll i'll relay that to to graham i'm guessing slash would see that in his armor i'll i'll make oh, yeah. sure he hears it too but i'm assuming he he would know that already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I think I think at this juncture, um, Graham would put a couple more cards on the table for the, the crew's consideration of um, in my repertoire of of uh, arcane abilities. Um, there are a few that make subterfuge or stealth much more of a um, reliable choice. Uh, now, I could make it so the magic of the rifts the the magic of this place would conceal uh any of our identities uh, I, I could make you appear as if uh, a, with a glamour of another person um you and your clothing um and so we could easily take the appearance of of those uh same hooligans who attacked us um elsewise uh, should you not wish to um relinquish the armor at this moment uh i can go myself and should things get dicey uh you may have seen this before i can travel by ways of the earth uh and i think you'll find that more often than not most uh mortal creatures and even some immortal ones uh, don't really have the ability to dig around in the dirt so much well i think i think we were talking about subterfuge as our first one and we can park our armor so i think we should go with the uh you're able to change our appearance so i'm good with that what do you think slash i'm good with that let's uh let's go that out okay so well and now the question is where do we put it that it's uh not uh doesn't already give up the game so to speak yeah i i think we'll get a little closer uh and find kind of like a little nook in the buildings or something like that where we can kind of pull off either an alleyway or something like that and uh park our armor there um and possibly looking around for like some um tarps or something like that and if i need to spend a benny to make sure there are tarps or if that's possible i'd do that as well that we can throw over the the armor and then just remember where they are yeah sounds good to me good 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 this is the old part of town so it's fairly easy to find an old alley or even a blown out building that's sitting, you know, a shell uh, where you can park them in. And there's, you know, broken crates around. There's a few old scraps of canvas, but with a little bit of quiet scrounging, you come across a couple pieces of, you know, sailcloth or something that you can throw over the armor to make it a little less conspicuous to a passerby. Perfect. Perfect. I like the, I like the idea of a blown out building kind of 
quietly in power armor kind of trudging through the front of the blown out building and parking in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that'll be a cool, uh, cool little sketch if I can get up another speed painting here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So we stash the armor by all counts. Now, question for uh, Slash and Tyler. Do you have armor that... I, Tyler, I don't think... No, Tyler, there is a Glitter Boy jumpsuit. I don't know if it's in Savage Worlds, and I don't know if you have one, but it has a little bit of mega damage or armor. But I would I would ask you and Slash to both look to your character sheets and you know take note of what you do or don't have on you in terms of protection. And, you know, Graham, nothing changes there. Now, the question is, my assumption, and this is my assumption, if this is not the case, that's cool. I have Mark II Battlefield light armor. I would assume I I was wearing that, especially where we're going. I don't know if I still fit in the Glitter Boy, though, now that you mention it, with that. No, there is a specific... It's it's essentially a Mega Damage jumpsuit that Glitter Boy pilots can procure. Um, at, back in old Rifts, I think at one point it was part of your standard equipment. So I don't know if you have that. Um, but no, you couldn't wear your environmental armor within the Glitter Boy. That's too bulky. Okay. Then I would not have that on. Uh, okay. All right. Now, I will let you spend a Benny. Uh, because you guys had spoken about subterfuge, yeah, I mean, the Glitter Boy is more than capable of carrying it. You know, you were already land trekking with the um, with the refugee train. So your Glitter Boy essentially was carrying all your worldly goods already, you know, at its lower back underneath the, the jet mounts and stabilizers. So... If you want to spend a Benny to have brought those things along rather than leaving them deported at Maggie's, I'm okay with that. Um, I think I'm good with it not being there if I can't ride in the um, suit sure. because I don't want to like need to get into the suit and be wearing the armor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Um, Slash, where are you at with protection? Um, I had a Urban Warrior Tactical Medium. EBA, so so that's another suit of environmental armor that you could not wear within the Flying Titan. So uh, again, I'll also let you spend a Benny to have brought that along, just so that you you have something if you would like it. But we are going with subterfuge first. I'm I'm not saying I'm going to put you guys into combat and try to kill you <laughs> while you're naked. You know that's not that. I mean, even if it's implied, my my apologies for any uh, harsh implications. Here. Even if you try, nothing's going to happen. That's Tyler's thought. You can't do anything to us. Rude. Yeah, no, I haven't built my uh, entire loadout of spells to not be effective in combat, but just fuck the DM at every other opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think I might need a drink. Okay, so uh, what's this uh, spell? Is it a glamour? What are you casting here, Graham? What does this look like for us? Uh, Get, you know, as reasonably close as we we think we can, um, and we're going to cast Disguise. Um, which we can kind of upcast to get more targets. Um, so it'll cost me four power points total. Um, allows them to assume the appearance of another person of the same size and shape, including their clothing. Uh, doesn't give you any abilities. Um, if somebody has a reason to question the identity, they can make a notice roll at minus two uh, or minus four if I get a uh, raise on the spell casting. Okay. All right. That all sounds pretty good there. So I'm just going to tap out a couple notes real quick so that I have that on standby. All right. 
so with that in mind, the three of you, because you're casting it on yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So with that in mind, the three of you uh, turn into, do you have to roll to cast effectively, or are we just going to? have to roll to cast anything in this system, so yep, we'll see what Excellent. we get. Excellent. Oh, geez. All right, bully for you. So that's it. Okay. Uh... Yeah. So yep. uh, we're all successfully disguised. If anybody wants to try and see through disguise, it's notice at negative four. Okay. That sounds good to me. So the three of you turn into biker skinheads, essentially. The three of you turn into uh, leather jacketed thugs with beat up faces, tattoos, and the no hair on your heads. You're carrying the weapons that you had. We're just changing the outfits and the physical presentation, right? Uh, yes. So we okay. just, we just the outward appearance, including the clothes, but not like equipment, um, appears as if the um, they want to make it as close to the clothing of those who attacked us. Okay, perfect. And minor story point here: what happens with your mask? Um, I since that's a piece guess... of equipment. I mean, is is mask not clothing? Oh, oh. Um, okay. All right. Your I, your I, mask I w- is replaced. I would say. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say your mask is replaced by uh, three or four lip rings, and uh, uh, I was gonna suggest a bandana, oh, uh, like like classic, you know, a bandit style. Okay. Uh, covering up part of the face. Okay. All right. So no heavy piercings. We have a we have a bandana. Very traditional Western outlaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you definitely look like three of the thugs that you killed, uh, drawing from your memory, Graham, which is like a steel trap. And you pat yourself on the back when you look that over. So now does um, we roll out? Hmm? Go ahead. Do we look the same to each other like we did before? Or does it do you look different to me? I do not think is specified within the description of the power. Um, I think we probably appear to each other in the new form i don't think we see through it either i think we just have to know it's like oh okay this is what i look like now okay this is what you look like now okay okay yep. yeah so it allows the target to assume the appearance so the three of you look like street thugs to each other yeah i i was looking up at the building kind of curious about what's going on in here so i was like looking around as you're casting the spell because you're doing something i don't understand and then i turn around and there's two other people and i i literally jump like oh Oh, okay. That's oh, that's really good. You you get there, Tyler? Uh, yep. That's me. I mean, that might not be you at the moment. We don't know what their names were. Uh, didn't stop to ask, I suppose. But uh, you know, we'll think of something. Slash, I think already works great as a name for a thug. If you'll pardon the implication. Oh no, that's fine. Get that a lot. <laughs> it's just got that ring to it. It's it's very. I mean. Good pick, I think, for your line of work. Oh, I hear that a lot as well. <laughs> I imagine you do. All right. So we have our we have Slash, and we have our two other unto be named street thugs. Uh, we are successfully disguised, we think, and we are about whoa a hundred yards down the road from a rowdy street rat bar. I like mull it over and look. Uh, at the two of them and sort of like think about it. I was like, call me Bug. Okay, I can do that. Uh, so Bug okay. and Slash. I think uh, that'll work. How do we do this now? 
I'm going to I'm going to follow your lead, Graham. I think I think you're a little better at this subterfuge <laughs> thing than I am. <laughs> I was I was waiting to hear Tyler stab at a street name, but we'll we'll take this. We'll take this. <laughs> uh, so we have bug and slash. Um, yeah, Graham, what's your what's your move then? Uh, I think we just like walk in. I was like, let's just walk in like we belong. Uh, that's, that's sort of the point is uh, by appearance. We should. OK. Ooh. So you move towards the bar with uh, a couple bodies laying out in front. Now unaugmented, all three of you look on as you come out of the dark, feeling way more confident than looking way more confident than you feel as you approach this bar where you know you may be getting in over your head. You come up on the pair that are out in the street duking it out, and they're not fighting over anything, it seems like. They're both actually cackling as you get closer. You hear them and enjoying the the fight. But as you get even closer, you see that their eyes are glassy and actually a little mad. You wonder how much of them is actually there for that fight. And as you get closer, a larger thug up on the boardwalk in front of the bar steps down as he says, Hey, you're back. You got any proof? You feeling like getting bounced in tonight, boys? Where's the rest of you? I thought there were, weren't there like six of you or some shit? Not everything went exactly as planned, but we do have, we do have some proof. Yeah, you're talking real slow, so I guess maybe you got some sense knocked into you. There's something there. All right. Well, let's see it. What you got? I need some ears. I need some fingers. Come on. You got to bring proof for your kill here. We don't just let anybody. So here's the thing, uh, DM. Uh, I did expect you to do this. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like the 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 guy up front, the bouncer or not. Um, but I didn't get a chance in the flow of things before it felt like interrupting to say specifically that Graham wanted to stop by the pit and grab proof. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, you haven't spent any bennies yet. That's a pretty heavy retcon. Um, so why don't we drop? But there was never really, you, you narratively jumped us straight here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, we came from Maggie's, we came to the top of the street, we stashed the armor. Um, I feel like there were opportunities, so let's split the difference. Give me two bennies, I'll, I'll leave you with one, and maybe we can develop another as we go into the, the narrative here. And we can, we can have grabbed some uh, extremities for, for the occasion. Yeah, no, I, I was looking forward to it anyway, because I was like, this is going to be a delightful... Uh, interpersonal moment where it's like hey we, we're gonna need something so let's take pieces of dead bodies that are at the pit that has been established that's um can you give me a quick snapshot you know what what made you go go to the pit and then what's uh i mean i think i think i know why that's in grimes philosophy and why that's yeah. okay but yeah, me but... and uh, me as a player and, and sort of graham i think as well have i mean you know, i've been thinking about this since since we dealt with those guys of like you will need proof and my first thought was to like take them or something off them but that never that never materialized um so i think you know i swallowed that and graham sort of recognized it's a sort of a missed opportunity but also like weird to carry that around with you for a day or two or however long it was going to be until we came here um even if we even did 
Um, but I think as soon as the group decided on outside of the investigator's place that we would look into this, uh, he's been thinking about where do I get pieces of a, of a humanoid? Um, and he even thought about like pieces of meat. It was like, could we go back to the, uh, the slaughterhouse? No. And then he remembered um, that he went to try and bury a person uh, and asked where that could be done. And the guards of the town told him that they could just toss him on the pit. Um, and so like that, you know, that, that wasn't a great thing to hear for Graham at the time. It felt really undignified and sort of inhumane. Uh, but he remembers that in the aftermath in this scenario and is like, well, ringing in his own ears are, are words that he told Tyler, uh, which is that is dead. Um, and these people won't mind. So I think he tries to make a point of, of um, detouring them to the pit first and probably just obtains, I think what he thinks easiest. Uh, would you mind if I, I did a, a smarts roll as a part of this uh, uh, just set up? Yeah, please do. I, I want to know like whether Graham like really has a presence of mind here. Okay. Um, I think, I think he, uh, oh goodness. That's the other question too, of like, who's got, who's got something that will cut. Um, cause he just wants to like go straight for hands. I think is what he, he thinks will be like unquestionable, but, wow. uh, he doesn't, he doesn't keep anything on himself. Like he keeps a laser pistol. If he could, you know, blast a hand off at some point. Um, but he doesn't have any like real cutting implements on him. I'm sure that Slash has something that will cut just on a hunch. Oh, I've got a few few vibro knives that'll work. Then I think there's a scene of the three of us at this body pit. Uh and you know, Graham's led you there, probably hasn't really fully explained it. Uh but you know, maybe ominously echoed was like, Well, we'll need proof. Uh and when he get there, asks for a knife from Slash and just starts like looking for a dead body to lop a hand off of at the at the time we're doing that tyler's you know they're dead tyler's like okay whatever we he needs this for whatever he needs it for uh but he looks at the group he's like i remember an old video about this type of stuff i uh remember it and i think i think it's pronounced frankenstein oh boy i love it you want to do some cutting frankenstein and i toss him the knife certainly what do you need uh and that i think that's the moment where he's just like we'll need proof all right, I'm good with that. All right, okay. So you you each have a, a proof of of some way, shape, or form: hands, fingers, ears, something. It sounds like right. we we favored hands. I think. Well, here's the thing: I want to now zip back to uh, this doorman and be like, "Fingers, I got a whole handful of them," and just like hold that up, like just pop that out of the pocket, like just too fast. Mm-hmm. And like wave it like like total totally uh, playing up like a complete disrespect for, uh, you know, the, the sanctity of life and that kind of stuff. Sure. Like like there's no recognizing the humanity of who this person was. He just like pops a full hand out of his pocket and starts like jabbing it around in the air uh, like a toy. Okay. Tyler pulls out, All right. well. pulls out his hand and just throws it to his feet nonchalantly like, yeah, here you go. What's uh, what's Slash's presentation? He um, just pulls it out of his 
pouch and presents it, rolls it up to give the finger and hands it to the guy. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Nice. Wish He's... I thought of that. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's perfect. Here's your proof right here. It says, oh, yeah, I remember you. You're the ordinary one. Cutter or some shit wasn't your name. You, uh, you still want to throw down on that uh, arm wrestling match you talked so big about, boy? Once you jumped in, we got to get you initiated first, you know, if you make it through. Slash just looks the doorman up and down and gives a slight, <laughs> I don't think I'd be worth my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember how much I didn't like you. Go on inside, boys, and you're going to want to pick that one up there. You need these. Uh, yeah, Gr- Graham picks up the other hand, uh, and now a hand in each hand. Uh, he waves goodbye to the uh, doorman with, with them. Sure. And uh, one of the one of the other guys on the, you know, leaning over the railing is like, hope you enjoy it. Welcome, boys. And as you head inside, uh, the if I recall, the, the verbiage of the uh, the power for leyline walkers in that, like detect arcana or detect um, uh, things like covers like anything arcane and anything like dimensional being is that being set off here? Uh, and I can pull up the full verbiage just in case. Oh, sure. Sure. That's, you know, Leyline Walker, you really have to uh, prep out because there are quite a few sensing things. Um, no, there's, so you're not, you're not seeing anything supernatural outside uh, to your eyes. There's no magic. And I'm going to warn you guys here, I'm getting a lot of squeaks out of the child. So we may be on a timer. Oh, it's cute squeaks, though. But- Yes, yes, very cute squeaks. Um, but yeah, no, there's nothing supernatural on the outside of the structure. Can you pull up the verbiage, though, uh, already Graham? Yeah, and let me know what the range is on that, so I can I can roll that into the narrative. Uh, detect Arcana power as an innate ability with reduced power points, blah, blah, blah. They may sense supernatural beings within line of sight with a notice check. Um, okay. So I'd, I'd happily give you a notice check. Okay, sure. I mean, I presume you would you'd want to Go ahead and roll one for outside. Let's let's get an actual notice roll in here. Maybe you can pick up something, one of my subtler points. I got my biker bar name too now. It squeaks. Ah. Oh, God, I love it. Okay. Yeah, there's... So with a seven, which is a success, and almost with a raise, um, there's nothing that sets you off here on the outside of the structure. Um, it looks like a bunch of guys, you know, some rowdy boys doing some rowdy boy things. Okay, just, uh, just checking there. Sure, sure. And then we'll roll to the inside of the building. You want to give me another notice roll? Absolutely. As we step into the room and I spill my guts. A three. Okay. So, get it. Yep, not quite a success there. And then are you spending PowerPoints or because it said something about reduced PowerPoint spend? Yeah, no, it, uh, it, I think it reduces it to zero. It's, oh, it's okay. not well written, to be clear. Sure. Um, exactly how it functions. It just mentions that it has reduced cost, and I think the base skill is already pretty low on its PowerPoint usage. So I sort of imagine that if it's like doubly reduced, it's probably at zero. But no, uh, I'm I'm happy to write that in as free. We can just rule that in as free. Yeah, I mean, it's not the full ability. It, it seems it seems fair to me as much as I've ever played Savage uh, Worlds. But it's uh, yeah, it could have been clearer to be certain. Yeah, no, I'm good with it. So we roll into the bar. Uh, you don't have a success on the notice. But as you step inside, you notice that this place is warmly lit. 
where Maggie's is lit as though it were daylight, and Graham, you know it to be, you, this place is lit by traditional firelight, and all the fires are behind grates, and there are glows coming from anywhere that there's a torch or a candle or a fireplace in the wall, and they are all securely locked away, you know, you can't just fall into a fireplace here, which you find interesting. But inside, you have more of the rowdiest rowdy boys. There's a mezzanine on, on, of an upper floor where it looks like there's a few people having drinks, looking down at the crowd. And you see some eyes cast your way as you come through, but nothing too spectacular. But the layout of the tables is such that there's almost an aisle from the door to the back of the building where there's a chair up on a small stage, and there's a rather fat, also bald and tattooed up gentleman, to use the term loosely, sitting there holding court, almost, with a couple other hopefuls, it looks like, standing before him, kind of looking a little dazed, their shoulders are slumped, but they're looking on, and he's standing, or sitting there in the high chair, holding forth, and next to him, is an older gentleman in robes standing over a fire with a cauldron and it looks like a scene out of a out of a terrible book all honestly the smoke coming out of the cauldron is this strange sickly green you've seen steam rise from cook fires you've seen even seen some magic mist but this is this weird ropey green and it rises and as it rises there's this almost ghoulishly pink fog that falls out of the the cauldron over the fire and there's someone this scene is going on but there's a bar running down the side of the room and there are rowdy boys over there drinking and and pouring beers and shouting at each other there's a, a few loose women moving through the crowd but it looks like your next stop is this stage and chair with uh, a few bones strewed around one side of it it's just a very macabre, odd scene. So I'm in my head, I'm picturing, like, for some reason, based on what we've done, I'm picturing, like, more of a Western feel to, like, this bar. Like, it's something you'd walk into on a, uh, um old Western film with the, that type of stuff going on a little bit. Or is it more, more modern-y based on, you know, post-apocalyptic type stuff? More, more Western, more rundown. Definitely. You know, it's it's kind of juxtaposed in that you have guys in leather, brown, dusty old leather, some sleek black city slicker type leathers. You've got guys who are beat up, wearing a tan, looking like they're actually working all day. And you've got some other folks in there that are deathly pale. And you've got these fireplaces, these wooden lintels and mantles in this older Western style building, you know, wood paneled walls. Mm -hmm. But then you've got black cast iron grates across all fireplaces and torch skunks and then the stage is a you know rather rickety looking wooden stage that creaks every time the fat man moves but the chair that he's sitting on looks to be fairly grandly built out of again black iron and wood so it's a kind of a mishmash here of a little bit gothic and a little bit western <laughs> and the question that that all leads to is is there a spittoon kind of as you walk in? Uh-huh. Yes. I'm going to take that as an opportunity at the bathroom real quick. 
uh as a tune boy <laughs> as we walk in like tyler doesn't use use anything but we're supposed to be tough guys and uh he kind of pulls in a little bit and then tries to use that spittoon i just don't know what i would roll to try and do that <laughs> i think uh to use a spittoon effectively at the drop of a hat i think that's going to be a uh a vigor roll okay Vigor, we're gonna hawk up the mother of all loogies because no one's chewing tobacco. I I succeed with a four, barely. You know, I'll we'll take it. That's a success. That is a success. So you uh you pull together what you think to be a fairly decent loogie and lob it in there. And there's a there's a almost a almost a cute little ping that you know isn't even really noticed by anybody. And then I I just eye down the crowd like I'm the toughest guy in the room and then uh sure to kind of spend some time while while graham's using the restroom i i just stare down at anybody and anybody that kind of looks at me questioningly like oh who the hell are you I'm, you know oh there's definitely a couple toughs that are have their backs to the bar you know there's always that group when you walk into the bar or the club that are eyeing the newcomers like oh who just came in the door you know who's eyeing up the meat assessing the situation and there's a couple of them can you do you have intimidate or do you have um let's see i did not take why don't you make me intimidate um go ahead and make me a persuasion roll we're doing persuasion with body language instead of straight out intimidate so let's do a persuasion wild die might help you here i succeeded with the wild die okay all right so we'll take a succeed there so yeah there's a couple at the bar that you know, like, ah, he's not worth the trouble, but there's another bigger guy leaning back there who looks dumb enough that you didn't even phase him with your glare. And there's a couple folks at tables, you know, oh, turn around, who came through the door? Eh. Just some more hopefuls, some more idiots here to see if they can make the cut and they turn back. But that that thug at the bar keeps his eye on you. And I'll I'll stare right back at him and then, you know, I'll look at Graham, uh, see where, where he's moving to because we're supposed to be covert but we're tyler's idea at this point is covert is kind of fitting in and uh looking mm -hmm. tough is part of it so i'll just straight stare back at the guy that's at the bar looking at me like give him the evil eye mm -hmm. i'm back mm -hmm. i apologize for that no worries no problem no problem uh tyler's having a staring match with uh with a thug at the bar so graham the the way forward seems clear but there's tyler is casting a tried to hawk up a loogie and use a spittoon and he's casting glares around to try and fit in um to remain covert here what's what's our move for the party is uh, tyler first, surrendered lead to you i think first uh course of action for graham is um does any of this track with uh any sort of like ritual affair or trappings that i know that are occult in nature which would cover information about vampires Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely you actually have a cult as a skill don't you i do yeah so go ahead and roll that and you know see if this jives with anything that you know about oof all right so we have a seven on the die on a couple of die there we got an ace which helped out so we have a success and yeah this absolutely feels occult i mean that that cauldron over there is definitely doing things that your mama's beef stew doesn't do so um, there's nothing that stands out about the man, you know, stirring it, though he is standing there in robes. This is obviously ceremonial. And the fat man on the 
dais is you know holding forth but it doesn't seem to be a ritual or a casting but there are a few things that click and a few things that are like ah that's just showmanship gone wrong right some of this is just for is is just the trappings for the sense of atmosphere that we're putting on a show here too mm-hmm. exactly okay um then i think i'd probably just try to leverage that knowledge of like in terms of like how best to play along sure okay well you see the two hopefuls standing in front their backs are to you but they're kind of slouched over at ease you know just sort of standing there listening to the fat man drone and everyone else in the bars as i mentioned you know they're hunched over drinks they're working on women they're just being biker gang thugs in this space here and it's loud people are getting jostled you hear broken bottles some people are getting cut and you know someone gets slammed down onto a tabletop and they're getting a new face tattoo as we speak so it's just a rowdy space so fitting in you think tyler's actually on a good path here okay um well then i'm like the the hope here uh and i think he'll like sideways like um say this to tyler slashes you know like hopefully we can just gather some information here uh and not be first up um but stay close to me because i'm imagining that we'll probably just be able to get some some knowledge and then have to boogie you got it all right so i presume you'll you'll start to make your way forward graham yeah i think um i think the one other like note is that he'd probably if if it seems like he can um strike up conversation with the other hopefuls sure so the like two... hey, what uh how'd you hear about this <laughs> all right so the two hopefuls or who you assume to be hopefuls are standing in front of the the dais directly in front of the fat man you know probably about eight feet in front of him so i don't know that there's unless you want to move to a a random quieter click uh at the bar or at a table which you could do um you know it's either engage with someone at the bar someone at a table or move up to the behind the two supplicants who are standing in front of the stage well here's a here's a question and i think it's for you somewhat but also maybe just for the consideration of of us players um you know we had to show proof to get in do we think that do we think that they know what every initiate already looks like or could we now pretend that we're not here to get jumped in that we've already been jumped in and just watch what happens to those guys give me some we can do notice or smarts at your will all three of you we'll make this a party roll okay we went for smarts across the board and we got basic successes all the way through Mm -hmm. so exactly fours all the way through (laughs) yeah this is impressive my boys so uh it is you're looking you're looking through the crowd think about it and we all just look and go at the same time (laughs) i think so i think that's Hmm. it um you see that with your smarts rule you think that getting in there's multiple ins here yeah the doorman lets you into the bar but you aren't in the gang and so you've obviously you you being your personas have been to the bar before and probably didn't even get through the door but now you've you know you've proven that you're committed at least the first step uh hopefully there's only one step so you're in the bar and at this point no one really seems to pay you any extra mind but you presume that there must be some sort of tell that people who are 
you know, allowed in who are bounced in have, you know, there's a, you, you don't know, is it a tattoo? Is it a scar? Is it a bauble? You, you don't know, but you presume that a gang has a, you know, gang colors or something right. like that. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. But no one's paying you too much mind because you've made it, you've made it in the door. You know, there's obviously the sizer, the people who size up the new meat and you're obviously not recognized faces here, but again, no one's, no one's too bothered by it, you know? Okay. Uh, then I think I just, yeah, I think I will, um, sideline towards the, the bar or somewhere else, um, and find like some place to insert myself a little bit and be like, so I see those fucking chuckle fucks over there. What's, what's the next step overall? Like, how does this, how does this proceed? Like, where do we go? Huh? Sure. So one of the guys at the end of the bar, there were two that turned away to your glare, Tyler, as you come over and, and throw that out to kind of the first person who engages with you, one of them turns back around and says, ah, oh, yeah, you are new meat. I thought I hadn't seen you here before. Yeah. Those two over there just came in with their prizes. Those idiots. They brought back some feet still in the boots. All went in the pot together. <laughs> Brother, please. Yeah. You can't tell me we're, we're, we're having a stew. That's how you get in. Come on. It's been, what, two days since you were here? I don't know. All you dumb fucks look alike. This, you don't matter till you're one of us. Dude, buddy. I'm fucking much more stew than you can ever fucking handle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I had mine, okay? You're gonna get yours over there. You gotta take your pieces over. You're next, right? You're here tonight? These two just came back about, I don't know, hour ago? Half hour ago? I'm too many deep. But yeah, man. You got to stew it up. You got to drink it down. You got to prove you really want to be here, that you're ready to drink the blood, that you're ready to be part of the night. You got to prove it. They want to know that we're not just some wannabes bouncing around here. Okay. So, I mean, you tell me what, I, I drink foot stew and then I can be, you know, of the night. That's it. That's all. That's I all. There'd be more. That's all. No, 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 no. Scribanezer over there stirring the cauldron. I don't know the fuck's his name. He doesn't wait for the guy to answer. He's like that old guy up there. He puts something in it. It's your first step to becoming one of them, to becoming a mortal man. And he taps you on the chest with the back of his hand. Beer is heavy on his breath. To becoming ever living, you rule the night. You rule the night. Don't you get it? It's the step in. Rule the night, brother. You uh. <laughs> you don't look like you can handle what you're drinking right now. Hey, watch it now. I paid my dues. I'm here. I'm just saying. I you belong got some sort here. Of power or nothing? That's yeah. That's what it is. You drink foot stew if you bring feet like those chuckleheads over there. This is the next step. You got to prove that you're committed. You get to drink the stew. You get the first sip of the power. The first taste of what it's like to belong. And then they choose you based on how you perform for their tasks. Uh, I, yep, I'm, I'm struggling right now as a player because I know that Graham has Curious as one of the, the uh -huh. flaws, uh -huh. and you've, you've sold me in here as a major hindrance, and I was like, he's gotta know, gotta uh -huh. know, uh, cause he doesn't think you could get anything from drinking foot stew, uh, did I roll an occult earlier? Can I roll a different occult to see if like that tracks or like if I know anything about how vampires propagate? You could do um I I would let you do academics or occult. I, it's the same die, but the narrative of the skill roll is gonna be different, I think. Oh, 
I'll, yeah, I'll roll a cold. That success. Oh, man. You guys are really squeaking through with these rolls here. I tell you what. They are not that high, most of these. Yeah. Um, a flat success. How do I keep this succinct? Uh, this this does not track with what you know about vampires. And what you know is the pretty much what every man knows. You're pretty sure you have to be um, interacted with directly and physically with an actual vampire to be turned. You're pretty sure blood stew or or foot stew essence of toe jam is not the path. Yeah, so I don't like I would say so academically Graham doesn't think this stew will do anything and that academics is is based around magic. Like I don't think there's any magic in the stew, do I like by doing this? Well, now that you've talked to this guy, I'll let you do another notice roll for your standing um detect magic if you want to, you know, take a harder look at the old man stirring the pot. Where'd it go? Hey, there we go. Success, not quite with a raise, but we'll we'll take that. Tell me if he's uh, if he's magic in some way. Um, yep. And as per the verbiage of the um, uh, spell, also like for riffs or you know other settings, it's like uh, magic. Uh, in this case, like uh, techno wizardry, you know, DBs, anything that's like out of the ordinary from regular Earth. Sure, sure. So. You you don't see anything too out of the ordinary in your sightline here. You know, it's again, there's no actual supernatural activity among the people. You do see some among the grates, uh, the fires, the torches, every flame that flickers here in this building. while it is casting its own healthy, warm light is not actively um, natural. You are seeing some supernatural activity there. But looking at the cauldron, the cauldron itself puts off a minor aura. The fire looks normal. The man stirring it looks normal, but the cauldron itself seems to have some some weird power about it. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, I will uh I'll slap like um like some amount of credits on the table, like a small amount of credits, and be like, Oh thanks, man. Your next one's on me. I'm gonna go back to my boys. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. I'll, I'll take that. And I'll I'll just walk back and, and relay uh that to tyler and slash be like hey um i don't know if you're hungry uh or if you will be uh when i tell you what's for dinner um and then i just sort of point at the cauldron um and uh go apparently you drink that and then it's like they that dude said that's step one to being the creature of the night uh yeah and that cauldron's magical, but I don't know. There's not really much other. There's not a whole lot supernatural going on in here, as far as I can see. So I got to be honest. Um, I really love to get a chance to look at that cauldron. I'm deathly curious about what's going on here. Deathly curious. So Tyler also <laughs> has the curious trait. Um, and hearing oh, I know. and hearing that he he's like, OK, and starts striding toward the cauldron and tries to three-point his hand into the cauldron as he starts walking toward it. So you're going to um, you're going to just go past the two supplicants standing there, basically walk up to the edge of the stage and just stick your hand into the cauldron? No, I... He wants to Kobe the hand that he has. Yeah. <laughs> it oh, took me a oh. minute, too. It took me a minute. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the extra hand we got off there, I'm like, okay, well, let's figure this out. So from where I'm standing, I just start walking and just throw the hand that I brought to 
put it into the pot and start walking up to take a drink because I'm curious as hell now too because Graham's like I'm kind of curious about this and I'm like (laughs) well crap I was to begin with (laughs) this is going to end badly I want to say that like Graham is like partially in awe and partially horrified it's fantastic (laughs) because like yeah it's absolutely swirling in Graham right now where he's like in a in one sense like Graham wants to be the first one to get a taste because you know he's already broken down the academics here it was like there's no way that cauldron can turn you into a vampire and nobody here is like casting magic so like that's the only thing here that could do anything but i don't know what it will do but i know enough to know that it will probably do something uh and he wants to do it but freaking tyler is there and (laughs) it's a struggle where he's like i almost want to push tyler out of the way but also if he does it then it's even better because i can examine him (laughs) you know like he can then become the focus of my study uh which Mm -hmm. is very in line with graham um sure so so it's a it's a huge it's almost like i i attribute it to be like um let's say like if everyone knows the the cultural touchstone that is like stargate uh it's like being a technician who worked on the stargates uh and they restored this you know fanciful technology from alien race but being a technician who worked on it but doesn't get to go through on the first expedition (laughs) where it's like god i want to be but it's still good this way because then i you know we get the data Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i love it i love it so uh tyler you move you move with purpose my friend so you stride forward, and as you come level with the two supplicants there, the fat man doesn't really notice you until you're up to the uh, up to the stage. And the older gentleman who's stirring the pot has he clocks you early on, and he just keeps stirring right along, stirring right along, watches you come up out of the side of his eye, you know. But he's keeping one eye on the pot. Yep. And as you come up alongside the two supplicants, one of them is like, "Huh." You know, and he like glances over almost out of a daze and the uh, fat man looks down at you as you move forward. And so you're you're going to drop your hand in the pot. Oh, no. From where I was standing at the entrance of the thing, I threw the hand into the pot. Oh, shit. OK, we're going to need an uh, I think um, athletics is what you do for thrown weapons. So give me an athletics roll. All right. To, to hit the pot with your hand. Oh, Oh, oh shit. you ab- what the fuck is happening here? You absolute fucking banana. Jesus Christ. I'll take I'll take uh, uh put it in with a raise. Wow. <laughs> How many fucking like explodes was that? Uh, that with the D4, D4 so. Just kept going. <laughs> oh Kobe. man. Kobe. I love it. Yeah, so straight Kobe there. Four dice. No, five, (laughs) because you still get to 13. Uh, No, 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 that's right. Four with the minus two. You, what the hell? (laughs) So for for those out there, we got got an 11, uh, 13 minus two for encumbrance. But Tyler sinks that hand (laughs) without even, it's like the perfect dive from a 10 out of 10 at the Olympics. There's one little bloop drop that comes up <laughs> that hand just goes in perfectly and then and that that definitely catches the attention of the old man stirring the pot and his head snaps up and looks you know out at the crowd who could have done that and the uh the fat man like stumbles in his speech and and then then rolls on and uh but he's you know he's like looking around as well 
the one supplicant notices the other doesn't but you stride forward and so what's your what's your next move as you stride up uninterrupted there's a couple people in the bar who saw that because they're just you know eyeing around and caught it but so far things are kind of proceeding as normal except for the old man and the fat man looking at you i keep the same type of attitude that i had with that stare i look forward put you know my basically lean forward a bit like i'm moving with purpose like don't get the hell in my way like that's the whole vibe i'm getting giving off and i just stride right up to that that pot um and my my idea is that i don't care what anybody says i just keep going um if they physically interact with me then we'll have to deal with that but if they say anything i don't respond i just walk straight forward grab a ladle or whatever's there to drink out of it and just take a sip okay so you're gonna stroll right on up there another supplicant so the the one who's who noticed the bloop you know there's the splash turns his head and he's like as you get close enough he's like what are you doing this is this is ours and uh but he doesn't make any any motions and the fat man is still eyeing you and saying and see look so many eager people here to to come and join the short fangs and see what it is we do what it is that we offer grow our ranks so that we may better compete for the favor the favor of the long lived the favor of the night children and uh and so you at that point are reaching up towards the cauldron and the old man stops stirring and he just kind of steps back and puts his two hands on his hips and looks at you and uh i don't know are you going are you looking up at him or are you just looking at the cauldron you're reaching in going to grab the ladle and and do your thing just grabbing the ladle and taking a drink so graham you see the old man back there with his hands on his hips just starting to shake his head a little bit and a smile creeps up over his lips oh boy um yeah as that's like happening as he's watching tyler do that just like basically wrapped he doesn't take his eyes off of tyler but he like nudges flash and he's like uh by the way don't forget we're on a time limit here there's we only got like 10 minutes for the spell before it's gonna wear off <laughs> uh but oh my goodness this is this is simultaneously the best and worst moment of my life it's, it's, get, get ready to get ready to, we're gonna have to so leave as you're also. as you're working that out there um tyler you grab that ladle Mm -hmm. you pull that out and your hand is actually sitting in the ladle uh and as you go to take a sip i think that you actually sup from the palm of the severed hand oh rather than from the ladle itself yep yeah so can you make me a vigor roll uh double five wow all right (laughs) so you managed to hold it down but this is probably one of the most vile things you have ever tasted, and it is scalding hot to boot, which you think is what helps you keep it down. But it tastes like it's almost indescribable. It's it's as if you took motor oil and added garlic to it and then threw in a bunch of salt and iron <laughs> and this gritty mineralness. The texture is terrible. The flavor is horrible. This this acerbic, um, you know, medicine-like quality to it as it runs down your throat and scorches all the way because it just came out of a boiling cauldron. Yeah. I turn and so with the vigor mm-hmm. I turn around to to the other two and I Hey Bug, this tastes like shit. <laughs> and I just kind of look at Graham and go, Yeah, I 
don't think I would have done that. That looks <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, Graham just sort of nods and goes, "Yeah, but uh, I mean, we we learned something, and then you know, short short fangs, long lived. Uh, it's all it's all putting together. There's absolutely no vampires here. This is a uh, this is good. And like he's saying all that, but he's still just like slack jawed, staring up ahead at Tyler. And Tyler, as you turn around and say it tastes like shit, the one the number two supplicant who uh, who you know said that that's mine." He now shouts it and goes, that was mine. And he throws a, throws a fist at you. Um, so we're going to get a little, little rolly rolly here. How do, okay. How does uh punchy punchy work? I get a roll against it. I think if that I remember right, or is it just straight against? I think it? he rolls straight against your parry. If I recall. Okay. Um, just roll rolling to hit. I don't think you roll against it. I think that's another game system. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and so he will connect with you. And his strength isn't much to write home about, but he's going to roll anyway. And as he connects with your jaw and you feel that fire racing through your system, you don't feel a single thing as his fist crashes into your face, turns your head and makes you lean back. Uh, You feel fairly certain in a small part of your mind that that blow probably would have laid out just about anybody. Uh, but you you don't you don't feel it. There's no shaking. There's no nothing. Um, it's you just feel this warmth spreading through your core from this uh, this shot of juice. Mm-hmm. Tyler will, will bring his head back and stare at the guy <laughs> and be like, I, "I wouldn't do that again if I were you. You don't look like the toughest guy in the room, and uh, well, I don't want to deal with you." You're you're below me. And the fat man stands up and claps. And there's, you recognize now, Tyler, you see that there are, the tables nearest you are kind of staring at you like, what did this guy just do? You know, and it's not like a, a silent, they're about to ride. It's more like, huh, well, look at that. And, you know, more people are going quiet, but the fat man stands up and begins to clap. He says, yes, yes, look, you look, the cast iron balls on this one. This is more of what we need. Ha <laughs> ha. And a few of the tables half-heartedly, like, clap for a second, but then stop. It's like, you know, one, two, stop. And he's up there clapping this slow, you know, clap of of uh, of a leader. Not sure if other people are going to join in, but also not caring. All right. So Tyler, Tyler looks for a glass really quick and will... Oh, you can snag a mug off the table. You know, a, a little beer stein off one of the tables nearest you. Yep. And I'll I'll scoop out a small glass of this stuff and then just same way I walked up, walked down and back to the party. <laughs> and like, all right, that oh boy. And if I, do I make it down there? Or does somebody stop me? No, no one stops you. The old man is just kind of looking on like, ah, the smile spreading further across his face. And, uh, and the fat man says, yes, yes. My children go and await your summons. Yes. You, I will keep my eye on you. As you walk away, no one's stopping you. There's the tables. More and more tables are just kind of like, what? Who is this guy? What the hell is he doing? They're turning to look at you. And you're going to make your way back up the aisle. Yep. And I get I get next to Graham and and Slash and I'll hand the mug to to Graham and be like, you probably don't want to drink that. But uh, in case you wanted to take a look at what it is. (laughs) And that's about how it tastes. The smell like as he. As he hands it to you, the smell just almost knocks you backward, Graham. 
It's it's awful. It doesn't because I'm wearing a mask. Oh shit! <laughs> but I would still react that way because that's just him dumbfounded at what Tyler has been doing. Uh, I this is actually it's funny that you decided to do that uh, as Tyler because I was thinking I was like oh, I got to get some of what's in there, and I was like thinking like how do I sneak my canteen over there. <laughs> uh, and like fill it up discreetly just completely a ridiculous thing to do but your fucking bombast has <laughs> fucking managed to accomplish something that i desperately wanted um so I, i'm not gonna drink it but like i'd immediately try to put some of it like at this point now that i don't have to walk up and shove something in there like not that subtly probably like probably try i'd be happily like roll a stealth for it but i would he wouldn't really care if he fails he would just try to put some into a container uh to take to go basically yep after our after our time in the uh warehouse where we were both geeked out about like finding what's in there like tyler was like graham's gonna want some of this totally right i not only want i require some of this this is information information uh, so so now that we we got this far, we've got some information. What what are we doing here? Are we time to start leaving? We're leaving. We have before maybe like five minutes left, if that. Yeah, we got to go. So, that spell's about to wear off. So Graham takes this mug. Tyler asks the question, and then the three of you start to turn to go. So Graham, were you going to like try to just pour it into a little canteen like there on the spot, or were you just going to take the mug? Uh, interesting question. Um, uh, I, I genuinely am not sure how mindful, uh, Graham would be in this moment. I mean, he's, he's pretty collected. Um, but I don't know that he thinks one is better than the other of like walking out and then putting it in a container that can travel or trying to put it in a container here. I, I think he would try to put it in a container here personally. Okay. All right. So. As you go to pour it, and, um, you know, I assume you're, like, screwing the lid off, you're turning you're turning towards the door as you go, right? Or are you just going to... be a little surreptitious about it, and, like, uh, it, it's one of those things where he's, like, trying to obscure it from vision from as many people as possible, but he is also in a hurry to leave. Sure. Okay. So you'll, you know, you'll, t- you'll turn and start to work on this. And so you move towards the door... Um, Tyler, you, you step, step through the doorway just fine, but Graham, uh, with your mug, you can't, you, you're turning, you know, you're sort of hunching a little bit as you shield what your hands are doing from the, the room as you start to make a move towards the door and you get a step towards the threshold. And then as you take another step to start to cross it, you can't, you're, you're not stopped you aren't frozen or grabbed or anything you're just you just can't it's almost like a a mental compulsion like no wait i can't i can't leave yet i can't there's something i gotta do i can't go yet and slash you start to take a step towards the door and you see graham like just sort of freeze you know and you're like oh he's like he's pouring right now so you go to step around him and you step across the threshold just fine as well all right, Graham, are you coming? Am I am I like a am I fully aware of this or does it just feel like my own thoughts? 
it feels like your own thoughts. And as you like pause for a second, be like, Hey, hang on. What's, you know, you're now examining this thought. Like, no, no, I, I wanted to leave. Um, you feel a presence behind you just to the side and you hear a dry, dry voice say, you came to drink, didn't you? Leaving so soon. Uh, I'll, Graham will turn. Uh, I came to learn and learn I have. You came to be, you came to join, you came to supplicate. And it is the old man in the robe who moved from the stage to directly behind you rather too quickly, you think. And he leans in closer and says, You cannot leave without drinking. You must imbibe it now while it is hot, while you are here. Uh, I think, um, I think Graham probably looks at the, the glass that he has. Um, I, I think he probably did get some into a container, but like, you know, didn't pour like the whole glass that Tyler gave to him into a container. So he's just still got this mug of, you know, boot soup. Uh, and he looks at this old man and he looks at the mug. Um, and uh, he's, he's sort of weighing his options, like looking back and forth at the two of them. Yep. And as you look back and forth, the old man smiles even wider, showing too many teeth. And he steps back and goes, drink, drink, drink. And he gets louder. And then a few tables stop and they join in. And then fairly soon, within seconds, the whole bar is shouting, drink, drink, drink. In, in this time, do, do me and Slash notice this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you guys are just outside the door. It was just a, a split second, you know, where Graham was like, yep, I'm going to leave. I'm pouring this. Hey, no, wait, I don't want to leave. No, I did want to leave. Why don't I want to leave? And then that voice comes into his head. So it's a span of like three seconds. So if you turn around like, hey, where's, you know, you hear Slash say, you coming, Graham? And uh, so you look back over your shoulder and you see the old man muttering into Graham's ear. And then you, you know, carry on with the chant. But uh, you do, you know, you are aware of all of this. Uh, Slash, we got to grab him and go. They, they can they can make whatever moves they want. I think uh, Graham is going to pull the mask down and go to drink. So Slash, you reach out to grab Graham's arm and, uh, you know, pull him across the door. Uh, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> Graham is already with the mug to his lips. Uh, Graham, make me that vigor roll, would you? The kindness. All right. Nice. Well, with a raise, you knock back that mug as and as it enters your mouth, as it, you know, as you hork it down there, uh, you have the same experience that Tyler did, but you knock it back like it's a slug of orange juice. And as you bring the mug back down, slash pulls on your arm like, you sure you wanted to? And you come across the threshold just fine. And the old man claps his hands and watches you three exit through the doorway yikes graham that was yikes i don't know if i wanted to do that <laughs> you didn't you didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it i had to do it you don't understand there's there's magic in there for sure and i don't know it and that's awful and blah. but i kind of want some more uh <laughs> better you than me i suppose better you than me no, it's, so, I think it's it's one of those things that you probably have to you, know, you develop a taste for it. You know, you know, you know it's like it's like one of those things. It's you know the first time is always bad, no matter what it is. But then you know, it grows on you. It grows on you. 
I don't know about all that. So with that, I think we're going to end the session. We're closing into an hour 45, and I think that's a, a great moment as we step out onto the boardwalk here with the thugs leaning on the railing, turning around to see what the commotion is of the drink, drink, drink as you three exit. I think that's a, an excellent place to end so we can discover the side effects of our uh, gang juice. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, boys. Too late. At the beginning of next session. session. Yikes. Slash held off on that. Go. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, Graham, have just enough. You, you, you know, swirl the canteen a little bit in, inside your coat and feel the weight. You think you have just enough to do one, maybe two tests on. You know, if I had a proper lab, that would change everything. But uh, oh yeah, we'll we'll make do. Yeah, petri dishes, eyedroppers, but you've got you've got just a half a swallow now, and you're gonna have to make do. Tastes like Yikes. my namesake, bug. <laughs> oh, I love it. Any closing thoughts before we sign off? You and uh, glad I didn't take a sip of that soup. <laughs> I'm happy to give you uh, this this gift, uh, game master. That's that's okay. Oh. Game Master is very, very excited. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the live audience, thank you again for joining us as we close out the podcast. Remember, you can catch us on Role Playing Rats, R-O-L-E, RolePlayingRats.com, on Twitter at RolePlayingRats. Please feel free to drop us a line and tell us what you think. Tell us how we're doing. And, uh, you know, go ahead and rate the story for me. Tell me what you think of it. And until then, we'll uh, catch you next time. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good one. So long.